Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm a senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by NBA Futures Analyst Brandon Anderson and professional better Raheem Palmer. This is the big picture. On every Tuesday show, we bring you one marquee game. We're going to break it down in detail. We're going to give you best bets on that game. We're going to hit it from every single angle. We're going to break down the process of analyzing that game. We're going to hit on futures impacts. We're going to hit on player award impacts. We're going to hit on every single thing that we can find to discuss. And for this week, we are breaking down the TNT leadoff game on Tuesday night. Golden State Warriors taking on the New York Knicks in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. We're recording this on Monday noon times mountain two o'clock Eastern. So I cannot tell you whether or not Steph Curry has broken the record. We will talk about all the impacts. If Steph breaks the record on Monday night versus the Indiana Pacers, which Brandon Anderson is very much hoping is the case, or if he's set to break the record versus the Knicks on Tuesday, which as somebody who bet that he would break it versus the Knicks, I am very much interested in as well. Quick reminder that everything that we cover here on the show can be found in detail on the Action Network app. It's the award-winning app, helps you track your bets. You can find up to the second information on money, where the tickets are coming in, uh, sharp indicators, models, projections. You can sweat during the game, your win probability, as I've been doing a lot lately to pretty good success. It was a good week for me. Finally, I've been in need of one and had a good one. Uh, you can also get all of our analysis, all that kind of stuff. And you can track Raheem and Brandon's picks in there as well. Uh, make sure to check out all the great podcasts on the action network series of podcasts, including wonder goal our soccer podcast and our new hockey podcast line change. Make sure to check that out as well. Boys, let's get into the big picture. All right. Thanks to our friends at PointsBet, who were kind enough to give us an advanced look at this game. And we are ever so grateful for PointsBet for helping us out here. The Golden State Warriors are only five and a half point favorites, solid favorites, versus the New York Knicks on the road in New York, second night of a back-to-back. The total is 213 and a half. Again, as I said before, we don't know whether Steph Curry will have broken the record. For the purposes of this podcast, okay, we will talk about the contingencies for all outcomes because I do think this impacts how the Warriors play. Let's go ahead, Brandon. Let's start here. Let's say that Curry hits his average of 5.4 three-pointers. So let's put it five three-pointers versus the Indiana Pacers. Um, I have a couple of reasons why I don't think he sets the record versus the Pacers, including their scheme. Um, let's go ahead and talk about this. Do you have any side or total thoughts on the on this Warriors Knicks game with the Warriors five and a half point favorites on the road. Yeah. So first of all, 
I love that we just brush aside that Steph Curry can just hit his average 5.4 threes a game. Yep. You know, just easy old night. Just he'll go hit five and a half three pointers like no one in human history has done before. Just, you know, go out and have a little fun tonight. Get some shots up. Yep. So shoot around. Uh, yeah, I, I have to like the Warriors here. The Warriors are 21 and five in their 21 wins. They've covered a five and a half point spread, 19 of those. And the Knicks have lost 15 times. 12 of their 15 losses are by six or more points. So neither of these teams is playing in close games when, when the expected result comes, which is the Warriors win over the Knicks here. So, you know, the Warriors are very good. We know this. We don't need to make a lot of case for that. The Knicks have been, you know, up and down, I guess, to say the least. So I think looking here, how do, how do the how do the Warriors lose to the Knicks? And if I look back at the losses, the five losses from Golden State, two of their losses, they had 22 turnovers. We know that that's a problem for Golden State when they just can't keep the ball. Two of the losses, they shot 25% or worse on three. And so we know that too. Like it, Basically, you beat the Warriors either by outshooting them behind the arc or just by turning them over all game long. However, the Knicks are bottom five forcing turnovers as a team. That's just not what a Tibbs defense really does. And the Knicks are improved at three-pointers, but not a team that you really want to try to beat in a three-point shootout. So I just don't see a great avenue for New York here. Raheem, let's go ahead and get into the details with you. What does your model have this game at? I have this game at Warriors minus 10 and with an over-under of 210. Okay. So let's talk about the side first. Uh, Let's break that down in detail. So predictably the model has them higher than maybe you would expect. Uh, For reference, I've got it at 8.6. So based off of this, like both of us, like all three of us should like the Warriors in this game. Uh, I am a little surprised the number. I thought the number was a little low when I first saw it. If I use the, so this, I've got two versions of the number. Okay. I've got one version that basically indicates how do they match up and transition in half court? How do you, based on the amount of time that each team spends in each versus average, uh, how are those two sides of the ball going to kind of project? Like the Warriors defense has to do versus the Knicks half court. That's where I get to eight and a half. If I look at uh, instead versus average opponent and the differential between those two things, the Knicks are uh, minus 0.9. The Warriors are plus 10. Uh, add in uh, home court advantage, I get to 9.7. So I get to 10 as well based off of the full season numbers versus an average opponent. So like that's the closest thing to my power rating. So I can I get to nine and a half um, closer to 10 than uh, right up there with you. Why do we think this number is maybe lower, Raheem? Do you have any theories as to why? Some of these the back-to-back, and I just, I do notice that, my model on Warriors games always has this team higher than the market. Yep. There's so the, the Warriors just absolutely destroyed so many teams the first th- two and a half, three weeks of the season. They won so many games by double digits when they got off to that hot start. They've cooled off, but I don't have any reason to think that the Vegas number is reflective of that. Like, I don't think the Vegas number is like overly skewed towards recent performance. Uh, let's give them how much we want to give them for the back to back point and a half two. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go about two three points almost. It just feels like it feels like they've been pricing them pretty heavily. So okay. I'll go I'll, I'll go around two and a half points or so. All right, so that gets us all the way up to eight. 
we're still two points short of your number and we're a half point off of my half my uh, half court built model um with the back-to-back there's a chance of rest i can't i cannot in any circumstances think that they're gonna they that especially with the record thing right like if if steph's breaking that record draymond's not resting on the back-to-back you know oh yeah if if steph hits five tonight even if he breaks the record he's still playing tomorrow like Kerr outright, this was a rest spot for him. They had talked about it. Mark Stein reported on him maybe resting the Pacers game. Um, they changed their mind on that. They're, he's going to play. They wouldn't play him in the Indiana game and then not play him in the Knicks game after saying they were considering resting him in the Indiana game. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Is that, do we, I'm just trying to think about, like, why this line would be, would be this tight. Like, do, we, do they expect the public to come in on the Knicks? I'm looking at 538's model, and they actually have it. Their Raptor model has it at a pick 'em, and their Elo model has it at minus two and a half. Huh. Wow. Yeah. So, and then I even found it interesting because their Raptor model has the Pacers minus one tonight, and their Elo model has the Warriors minus one. Whereas just my model on the Pacers Warriors game has it at around six and a half. So, see, I would get this if like the schedule. So the the Warriors had the 27th ranked. They are 28th overall in strength of schedule. They've had an incredibly easy schedule. They're 27th in offensive strength of schedule, 26th in defense. They face literally bad teams on both sides of the ball so far. Now, part of that is like those numbers are impacted by how badly the Warriors have beaten them. But we're we're far enough in that we've got a pretty healthy sample here. Um, The Knicks, on the other hand, are. 22nd in adjusted net rating via dunks and threes.com 17th in offense, 22nd in defense. And their numbers aren't spectacular on strength of schedule either. I can't find any sort of statistical indicator, anything performance wise narrative, anything that would suggest that the warriors are less than a, that should be less than a seven and a half point favorite in this game. If it was seven and a half, I'd be like, okay, right? Like you're, you're basically taking the number that you've got Raheem and saying, well, all right, the Warriors destroyed a bunch of teams early. They haven't done that as well recently. They're on a back-to-back. You chop in like all those numbers. And then I can get the like, I can get the seven and a half. I can't, I can't get the five and a half. I think you got to take the, I think you just have to take the Warriors here. Like it, even though we're, we're all three of us are like, why is this number so low? <laughs> I don't, I, I, I want to ask you this, Raheem, when you get a number like this, where you're just like, I can't get there. Like, no matter what I do with my number, I can't get it to this number. How do you weigh something's off here versus I got an edge. Like I've got a clear, ed- like this is saying right now, you've got a four and a half point edge on this game. That's huge for your model. You know, with these primetime games, I tend to tread a little bit lightly. We talked, yep. I think we talked about this last week, Mavericks versus they played the Brooklyn Nets. My model had the game three and a half. And I think they, they opened it with at minus one and a half with who was in the lineup um, with Donkic and, and KP. And I, I kind of just stayed away from it because it was just like, you know what? Something's off about this. Maybe they're projecting these teams to be a lot closer in this particular spot. So I stayed away from it. And obviously you saw the Mavericks go out there and they dominated the first half. And Brooklyn eventually pulled away. But 
So in these primetime games, I, I'm, I'm not trusting my model as much. I'm kind of looking to see where the public is going to be and how they're setting up these lines because otherwise I'm going to find myself in a bad spot. But on a normal game, if I see, if I see a number that big, unless there's short money on it, I'm in it to win. Well, let's talk about the matchup for a minute and then we'll hit the total. So the Knicks are playing. You guys know where I'm going with this. We're going to pick and roll. The Knicks play at the level that they play more at the level than any other team in the league. What that means is in pick and roll situations, they bring the big up to the level of the screen. They try and hedge out, bring the guard over the top of the screen, pressure the ball handler and get the ball out of his hands. This is notable. This will be the second night that they're facing a team that does this a lot. Indiana is another team that does this a lot. It's one of the reasons I like Curry and Draymond's assist tonight in Indiana. I'm going to like Curry and Draymond's assist in this one too. Don't get me wrong. Like, I guess here's the thing. Um, and Brandon, let's talk about this from a prop perspective. Again, let's assume that, that Curry gets doesn't break the record. He gets five. He's within range. They're going to juice it to the over, right? Because everybody's going to want to bet on him breaking the record. Everybody's going to want to bet on him breaking the record. They are going to pressure. Like, I'll say this. The Warriors are in a better position to break it than some. Like, it's better than, like, if it was Dame. Because Dame only pretty much operates out of pick and roll versus Curry does a lot of DHO, handoff, relocate, all those type of things. And the Knicks do not have the defenders that the Sixers do. Like Matisse Tybel did about as good a job as you can on Steph Curry uh, the other night in the Philly game to keep him bottled up. The Knicks do not have that defender. They do not have anybody that can track, track him on the relocate. I know that you're probably going to want to bet the over because I think you just love betting the, the over on Steph threes. <laughs> but depending on is this one where I almost kind of wonder if what they're going to do is they're going to give the normal prop, but they're going to hyper juice it to the over. Yeah. I, I think we, I think we lost our chance to bet the, the Steph over threes in pursuit of this record right now. Like, yeah, I, I bet on it last week twice. I bet, I bet the Philly game. I bet the Portland game. The problem now is that he's so close and he's Steph Curry that like, there's not even a way to, to juice it anymore. It's like, Oh, he only needs seven. Well, that's just like a decent night for stuff. Like you can't even put that at a number that makes sense. And since they know that we want to bet it, we want to bet the over then the, whatever edge might have been there to try to have a little fun is just not going to be there. And especially presuming that he makes three, four five shots against Indiana. And now he only needs a few against the Knicks. Now you really can't bet it because like, like I looked last week and for Steph to make like at least three threes or at least four threes, like for most players, at least three threes is like, I don't know, four to one or something like that for Steph to make at least three threes is like minus 2000 or some absurd numbers. Right. Like, like, yeah, sure. Go ahead and bet it if you want. But you know, I mean, don't, don't bet it because you, you might just get an injury. You might get a cold shooting night or something. There's the juice is just not going to be there for it. I will say, though, the Knicks defense has allowed um, among the most three-point attempts in the league. So it's not like they're just cutting off three-pointers. And, you know, who do the the Knicks have as a perimeter defender to stop Steph from just waving a screen away and being like, well, I'll just get my own shot. And then there is no at-the-level problem. I'll just get a shot up and shoot over you anyways. I don't feel like he does that a lot, though. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't... I don't feel like he just, like, isos a lot. And if he does, here's the thing. Teams are smart enough now. Even the Knicks are smart enough in this regard that if it, it, anytime that he's got space on the perimeter, when he starts backing up, 
another defender comes calling. They're just like, up, yeah. nope, 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 nope. He's going to shoot. He's going to shoot. Like, whatever you got to do. Again, I'm really going to, I'll tell you, everyone's going to be so focused on three points. I'm going to be bet- betting the assists over in this game. Yeah. This is the best mm-hmm. passing season, I think, of Steph Curry's career. And he has the absolute, I'll say this, if you're playing a scheme like this, where they play at the level, Warriors are 56 percentile league-wide, by the way, and against um, at the level defense. If you're playing a scheme like this, what you want is you want a short roll option who can pass. They have literally the best short roll option in the history of the NBA. They have the best short roll passer ever in Draymond Green. So like this is like a perfect spot, I think, for the Curry and Draymond over spot for the assist because they're just going to be able to like they'll, they'll, they're going to try and be trying to get the ball out of Steph's hands. I think he'll still find a way to break the record, but they, he'll hit that. Um, you've got the 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 number here. See, this is interesting, Raheem. You said the number that you've got for the totals two ten. Yeah. So this is really interesting. Um, usually, when we got a, when when you got an under, you're predicting kind of a truncation of possessions and a, a tight of points. And if it's tight in terms of points, it's hard for a team to pull away. Are you projecting roughly that the Warriors are going to score one ten and the uh, Knicks are going to score hundred? Yeah, that's exactly where I have it. At. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, that's that's about where I've got it too. So that's interesting that you we we've both. So this is where I think maybe this is where the differential is coming in the line. I think the numbers that we've got versus whatever Vegas is using, using historical precedent, because their numbers are probably going back so many years. Like they're so they're they're uh, they're built out larger are probably not rating the, the Warriors defense the same way that you and I are. That is true. Matter of fact, let me, I'm going to try to run this with my priors. I'm, I'm interested. I'll talk you. while you're doing that, because I think that's maybe the differential here. Because um, one, we have that incredible short, the, we have the incredible offensive struggle that started the season, right? We've got this terrible opening, like a couple weeks of the season where nobody could shoot. Those numbers have creeped up. Austin Wang over at Action Network has done a great job writing and breaking down the details on this. He did a podcast with Brandon, which you can check out um, on buckets. Check that out with him. It's a great breakdown on that. Um, when I look at this, that's kind of like the indicator because I have the New York Knicks scoring 82.8 points in the half court. That is an absolutely atrociously low number uh, for better perspective. Cause that's not going to make like nobody, everybody's gonna be like, okay. Uh, I have them scoring 98.8 points in this game. Mm-hmm. If you factor in home court, they get an edge of, of about 1.6. So I have them scoring roughly about a hundred. Uh, that feels maybe a little bit low relative to what we've seen the standards of um, historically and for the last two weeks. Yeah. When I run it with priors, it doesn't change much. Honestly, it just has the warriors down about eight, eight and a half. It has the Knicks scoring a couple points more Warriors scoring a, a couple points less. So it's not really, if we, changing. If we get to eight and a half, the, is your model accounting for the back-to-back? Um, it doesn't. It definitely okay. Doesn't. So if we, if we, if we get to eight and a half and then we take off the two and a half, for that you wanted to take off for the back-to-back that gets us the six now we're within range right yeah so that makes like a little bit more sense brandon does this all check out to you yeah it does and i was thinking about the defense too uh so last year we talked all year about the knicks defense when will the knicks defense regress they can't keep shooting keep allowing teams to shoot like 30 percent on threes the whole year well they did well here's interesting is that the shoes on the other foot now the Warriors rank second in three-point percentage allowed at 32%. And 
And the Warriors are also first in defensive rebounding percentage, which I don't think any of us really expected that coming into the season. So we know that the Warriors' greatness right now is not just Steph. It's really the, the real greatness is the defense. That's what's so far ahead of everything else. Is, is there some amount of regression that's going to come in a big way for the Warriors? Because three-point percentage typically is mostly random. And, and can they really lead the league in defensive rebounding? So do we think that the defense is going to come back to earth a little bit? Yeah. The one thing I'll say, the one thing I'll say about the Knicks last year, I think the thing you got to understand about the Knicks last year is that they led the league in opponent three point percentage, but they were also giving up one of the highest frequency of three point field goal attempts. Yeah, we, we talked a ton about this about how their defense was going to regress. It was the biggest reason to fade them this season. Yeah, so it's like I mean the Warriors aren't in that situation. They're 19th in opponent three point frequency, so it's not like teams are shooting a lot of threes on them. It's just the Knicks were just giving up so many threes, and for whatever reason, teams just couldn't hit them. Man, the under in Golden State games this season is 18-7-1. That's a league best. The over hits yeah. at 28% rate. Yeah, Austin talked about that one with me on the podcast, that that's been the go-to all season long is just keep playing the Warriors under. It's the same thing. It's the Warriors. Let's bet for points. Let's shoot three-pointers. Like We want to bet Warriors overs. It's not fun to turn on TNT and see Steph going for the record and be like, what's bet against like only Raheem wants to bet against human achievement. Everyone else wants to bet points. So, but the under has just been tracking for the Warriors all year. Well, and here's a good example where their offense has been at. And this is kind of indicative. This has to do like Andre Godala was complaining about this in a very ridiculous fashion, by the way, about like everyone's trying to make it about them. But he was basically admitting that like the team's under pressure to get Steph the record. And it's a distraction. That was my read on it. The Warriors in the last two weeks per claim the glass are averaging 107.4 uh, points per under possession. That ranks 24th league-wide. So their offense has been bad the last two weeks, but their defense remains great. And like, I, I, if we carry over some of what we saw last year, they, were, they had the makings of a pretty good defensive team that couldn't score. They're not going to be the 2015 like Splash Brothers. They're going to be explosive in spurts because of Steph and Poole um, and some of their shooters. But in general, this is a defense first team. I kind of don't want to overthink it. I think the under is also a play here, uh, Raheem. I, I think both of us have an edge on the under. I tend to agree with that. I think right. the, the other I mean, angle that I'm looking at, if, if you're watching live and betting this live, I like, like, it, look, we know about the Knicks. The starters are not very good. The bench is what's kept the Knicks in games and done well. We know about the Warriors that their bench has been very good. So that advantage may not be there for New York. But go back to the starters. The Warriors starters, really good. The Knicks starters, not so good. So especially if the game is still close or in a range, I am playing the Warriors third quarter. And I don't feel like that's really breaking news to anyone here. In case you don't know, the Warriors are plus 6.2 in the third quarter, which is by far first in the NBA right now. The Knicks are minus 1.7, which is 23rd. So you can't play that before the games. We don't know what the line will be. But I even would look at, Warriors first quarter, the Knicks are 26 in the first quarter. So you, you, you back the Warriors starters and then maybe you play the Knicks or just wait it out. See if the Knicks bench can kind of keep them in the game or get back into the game a little bit. And then Warriors third quarter too. What do you think about the quarter angle? Yeah, like I, I, I try not to play live if I have a pregame bet on it because I don't like it makes me too nervous when I'm trying to either double down on a bet I already have and then feel doubly stupid or I'm chasing back <laughs> the other way. But I will say that 
I think it's possible this game starts out and because the Warriors are trying to get them the record and there's a little bit of stagnation and it's a little bit like I could see the Warriors going down, Steph hitting the record and then them just destroying them being like, all right, now we can just sell down and play and then them just yeah. wrecking them. But I also don't know what the number I don't know what the lead would have to get to for the Warriors to get to even minus one and a half. Like track of these things live is always interesting to me. Like the Nets yesterday were down five late third quarter on the road in Detroit, <laughs> like down five, down, down more than one possession. And the warrior and the nets were still minus two and a half live. Like it was a seven and a half point differential and they easily covered it's the nets, but yeah. it, they're just going to be really reluctant to ever give you the much like with the chiefs. They're, they're going to be reluctant to ever give you the warriors at a, at a number that's even below this. But like, I guess that is one angle here though. If we think that the line is too low, I wonder if you can play it live. Like you wait and you see if the Knicks can get a lead. This thing drops to say two and a half. And then you play warriors minus two and a half. You, you got to assume that the, st- that the starters won't get destroyed, which I think is, is spacious. I don't mind the third quarter. Um, I wonder what the spread's going to be on that. Yeah. Well, the difference, mm-hmm. if you look at just the net ratings on the year, it, it is plus 7.9 points to the Warriors favor. And it obviously is going to be nowhere close to that. If the line is at minus five and a half for the game, you assume that's probably going to be, a, I, don't, I don't know, around one and a half, two and a half, something like that for the quarter. I got to feel pretty good about that. Just well, on a third quarter line for the Warriors. I, I have another one for you. Cause I, I just pulled up evanalytics.com is a great site. That's got quarter by quarter ATS rates. Uh, here you go, Brandon, the Warriors have the fourth best percentage rate in the league ATS in the third quarter. 16, nine and one at uh, that is an ROI of 18.8% third quarter spread uh, on the road. They're six, three and one. So just mm-hmm. as good. Yeah. Uh, looking at the last and man. Th- so they've struggled in the last five games. The Warriors are still two, two and one in the third quarter ATS last five. That, I think it's definitely, that's a good play. Um, uh, final question. Are you going to bet this? Still thinking I like to put my whole card together at once. So I'm, I'm going to see what happens tonight with this Warriors Pacers game, because obviously things can change. If I have something, it'll be on best bets tomorrow. So you, you listen to the favorites, right? Yes, I do. With Simon Hunter. I need yeah. a, I need a Raheem Palmer is a coward. That's what I need. <laughs> I need one of those. I'm not a coward. You know I what it one is? Of those. When I like something, I really like it. Like I'm, yeah. I'm all in or I'm just not at all. So. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to bet this. I'm going to bet this a points bet at five and a half. Probably going to bet the under too. I don't know. The totals have been tough for me just because I'm still wait- like we're in such a period of transition as the offenses regulate. Like my, my numbers are showing an edge on the under on every, on not every single, but most of the matchups. And it, I just am very I'm hesitant. We'll say the unders were again over five. I checked this out on bet labs, which you can find in action network unders were again over 500 last week. So yeah, the, the I think the number I think the markets ticked, but this is like it's much closer, right? Which is what the books want. They want it to be about even, and so it's ticked up to where there's no longer a massive edge in one direction or the other. Um, definitely not as high as last year, but a little bit higher. Let's look at the big picture for this game in terms of the futures. Let's talk about this big picture. Um, Brandon, NBA futures analyst, go ahead and take a victory lap here. Uh, <laughs> we we got a few to take on the Warriors. You, you start. I, I'm sitting on. Just a, a pile, a big old <laughs> healthy heap of Warriors futures. Uh, most especially, my two biggest positions in preseason on MVP were Giannis on and Kumpa. We all agreed that was our best bet. I still think Giannis probably makes a late run at this. 
the Bucks have one of the longest winning streaks in the NBA right now. They are back up to second in the East. That's projecting very well. But Curry, Curry to me was even a better one just because of the number. Uh, the best number I got on Steph was plus 900. I captured at bet MGM at one point when we were doing, when we did our, our preseason buckets MVP talk, I got him at nine to one. Now the favorite at less than 200. Um, Bond temps at ESPN did his uh, quarter poll straw poll. He and I both do straw polls. Uh, we consult one another on those as well. And he came out like Steph Curry, the leader, Kevin Durant's on that list. Us is on that list. There's other guys that are going to be on that list. But what are the pitfalls for Steph not winning MVP the rest of the way? So actually just today, Monday, Giannis just passed Steph Curry on the basketball references MVP tracker, which is not necessarily the most accurate in the world. But, you know, they're going it matters. to the numbers. It matters. And yeah, it matters. Yeah, numbers say if basically Steph and Giannis are, are almost exactly equal in points and assess. If you're about equal on points and assess and Giannis is doing it on less shots, of course, because that's how this stuff works. He's getting all the free throws and the dunks. Obviously, Giannis has the edge in not points and assess like in all the other stuff, especially defensively and what he's doing for the team. His teams are both two seeds now. I'm not going to pretend that that's equal, but you want to simplify it there. You have the best player on a two seed. You have Giannis missed a bunch of his guys and carried them during the, the, the COVID stretch and injuries and everything. Uh, he, he definitely is in the mix. So oh, I, I think that Giannis has become the thing that we said he was going to, which is he's the default option. If, if this stays close, quote unquote, Steph is going to win because everyone wants Steph to win. But if Steph gets hurt, if he falls back, whatever, I don't really buy Durant as I don't buy this as a three-player race. I buy this as a two-player race. I think Durant, Jokic, some of those other names are further back. I, just, I don't think it's quite in the same mix. So I think that if Steph falls off, Giannis, like it doesn't seem exciting to give it to Giannis. It seems kind of like the, well, we've got to give it to someone. Maybe it's him sort of spot the way that things are right now. But I, I think that he'd be in the mix. And he certainly has kept himself in the mix right now and kept the, the Bucks in the mix. They're in a pretty good spot to likely be the one seed, I think, in, in the East. So I think Giannis is going to be there. But if the Warriors stay even somewhat what they've been doing, um, we, we, we like our futures here. I did not take Steph preseason, but I, did, I, I thought I was going to take him about now. I thought Steph was the best alternative to Giannis if there was a bet other than him. But I didn't expect the Warriors to come out so blazing guns right away. I thought maybe they'd be a little slower. And then once Clay came back and everything get going, and honestly, I missed the opportunity on that one. So my victory lap on Warriors futures is on defense because when we did our draft and figured out who we were taking at each different award, I took Draymond Green with the last pick of our first round at 33 to one. He is plus 150 right now. And everyone's Ooh. talking about it. Mm. And he's the favorite and he should be. And it's not a victory lap over both of you. Cause I know you both were on Draymond as well, Matt. I think you probably have a Draymond position as well, right? Yeah, I do. I bought, I was part of a uh, future, uh, future Fridays on NBA.com slash NBA bet. Yeah. So that's another one for us. Draymond is looking really good. And at 33 to one, 30 to one, I've got him at a few numbers kind of along the way. Once, once the season started and it looked, looked good, I just kept going for it. So I'm feeling very good about that one. Especially, I feel even better about that than MVP, just because like there's no numbers or stats or whatever. Like if Draymond misses like 10 games suddenly, 
it doesn't matter. Like we don't need the, a threshold of games or any other, whatever stuff like we do for MVP, the fake numbers we make up for that. There's none of that for defensive player of the year. There's going to be like, Oh yeah, it's a warrior's year. Give it to Draymond. So I'm feeling very good about that one. Uh, I think the only concern is that the jazz are so good in the regular <laughs> season. And like, if the Warriors slide at all and the Jazz improve, it's just like Rudy is just Rudy is so transparently their entire system. Yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah, I think Draymond's in the lead. I want to go back to MVP for for one second. The, so the implied on Steph right now, there's a plus one thirty out there at one of the books. That's forty three point four eight percent. Do we think that Steph has a better than forty four percent chance of winning MVP? Here's my case for Steph Curry. Why is Steph maybe is still the right bet? I talked myself into Steph on this bet, and here's why. Matt, you said implied right now, 43% chance that Steph wins MVP by the implied odds calculator, right? 43? So yep. here's another thing that's 43%. Steph Curry takes an orange ball, shoots it in the basket. When Steph shoots a ball, do you think it's going to go in? That's how I feel about Steph winning MVP. Steph, at this point of the season, is Steph making a three-pointer's chances of winning MVP. And I don't know about you guys, but every time that shot goes up, I pretty much expect it to go in. So, uh, like, this is the worst shooting stretch <laughs> yeah. of Steph's career. So, like, th- this is potentially the low point for the Steph MVP odds right now as he's pressing for this record. So, it's not going to get any worse. I mean, I, th- I think maybe the, look, let's let's look at this from a numbers perspective. Okay. So, like, 44% gives him a majority chunk, obviously, of the MVP share of percentages. Yeah. Right. That's probably representative of his app. Like, I think that's about his value. I think it's like 45%. KD, on the other hand, at 450, our implied odds, which you can use using the Action Network calculator, which is on the site, uh, is only at 18%. KD's got a better than 18% chance. He's second on the straw poll when I did the preseason. So, Brandon, I think one thing to think, think about with KD is we got to get past, like, so all this is about perception. It's hard to judge voter perception at this point in the season, what my, my argument for you is this, I think you and I are ignoring the impact that KD is at, like the perception he has with the voters, which is, I think, um, gun to head, which no one should put gun to head, but gun to head. I think if you ask most voters, uh, most voters, who's the best player in the NBA, they're going to say Kevin Durant. I think so. And while that's not, not, not very specifically, not the definition or how it's even been voted, right? Nobody last year would have been like, Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA. They would have said that he's had the best season. But when you have that on your side, I don't think it hurts no. if you have the season. And KD, this is part of it. Like, Harden's been bad. Joe Harris has been out. The Nets to me are very unimpressive. I never, here's a good example. Alex Sturm covers the Nets, and even he's like, he said this on Twitter. He's like, I don't really enjoy watching this team. They're not fun to watch. The Nets right now are 19 and 8 with a 70% win percentage. It doesn't matter. Like, they literally, this is the thing with the Nets. They literally dog through three quarters. Kevin Durant goes bananas in the fourth, and they win by double digits, right? Yes. So, like, I, I think to me, I don't think, I'm not adding to Steph on MVP right now. I think there will come a time after the, like at all-star we'll know, even if Steph's like minus two fifty, it's going to be worth like, even if he's a minus, it'll be worth a bet. There'll be value on it. But for me right now, I think the value is more on KD at plus four fifty. Um, 
I, if you want to go on Giannis, I don't hate it because he's plus 650 right now. My MVP model personally has Curry and Durant first and second and both predicted MVP win shares and predicted win um, probability. Have I talked so, to you? Have, have we talked to you into a Durant bet? No. Yeah. Not, I, not, I, no, no, I'm going like, to be honest with you. I'm talking to a Durant bet at plus 450. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in a Durant bet. I, I don't even think that he would be. I, I think that he would finish third. I don't think he should finish top three right now. Here's another argument for you. So KD was second and he appeared. He, he had a, a big gap between him and Giannis on the straw poll. But Steph got 94 out of 100 straw poll votes. The reason this matters, and I try and tell people this, you can't win if you don't have the most first place votes. In my in my in my study of the MVP race, it's never happened. Mm. You can't win if you don't like and the voters always do this where they coalesce around one guy. And right now they are super coalescing around Steph. Yeah. So I don't think it's a bad bet at, at, because you're still getting a plus number, right? It's basically, do you think the Warriors get worse from here on out? The schedule, I think, is worth it is worth considering that I do think is worth considering. I think it's worth like examining that question. Yeah. So the only other thing that I will say is this similar to on the NFL podcast, Action Network podcast, I argue for Tom Brady before the season. And I think you have a similar thing for Steph Curry here, which is this. If it comes down to two people, Steph versus Durant, Steph versus Giannis, Steph versus Jokic, whoever the other person is, Steph is winning every tiebreaker this season. He's breaking the three-point record. Everyone wants him to get the other MVP. The narrative is there. Like, what's the narrative excitement for Kevin Durant? The narrative is just like, oh, well, uh, he's the best player in the world. He should get another one. That's not exciting. The narrative for Giannis, not exciting. Steph wins any tiebreaker. So someone else at this point has to really beat Steph and pull ahead. Like you said, Matt, they got to coalesce the whole media around the other candidate. What's Steph's narrative? It's Steph. It's Steph Curry. He's the narrative. The Warriors are back. Curry is back. Uh, okay. Like the, the you're going to have to do for him. No, no, no. You're, you're, see, like the, you're separating, you're separating narrative from fan energy. And those are not the same things. Like the writers don't care about like the fans. They're really excited. That's not what the, they, they'll talk about. Like the, how electric he is. Maybe that's fair, but that hasn't like, that's been there. That's a stale narrative that Steph is like the most electric player. It's true. It still is true, but like, you have to have some sort of like, uh, you know, everyone had counted him out and he came back or like, you know, he's taken this team from the bottom. Like what it, you have to have something like that. And I don't think that that necessarily exists. I also do kind of think that we're, I think we're progressing towards a place where the narrative discussion is so prevalent in the meta conversation about MVP. I legitimately think that it's making voters aware of it and making them a little resistant to it. Like I, I legitimately think that that might be, a, that might be a factor because we're seeing a lot more of like basketball Again, if narrative were what people say it is, Nikola Jokic never wins an MVP, no matter how good he was last year. Nikola Jokic never wins an MVP. Um, one last thing on MVP, EPM is the stat that I'm going to now is like my go-to for it. It's at dunksandthrees.com. Yeah. Uh, Jokic is one. And if they get better, there's still going to be great value on Jokic. I think Jokic might get back into this thing by the end of the season. Uh, Curry's two. Giannis is three. KD's four. So that's where that one um, shakes out. We're running long on time, but I do want to ask you, Brandon, uh, Kerr coach of the year. I think you and I are in agreement on this. Um, I don't think the Warriors can sweep. 
I don't think they can win Curry MVP, Draymond Defensive Player of the Year, and Curry Coach of the Year. Even, I mean, they're second in the West right now. Like, they would have to, like, they'd have to have, like, another 73-type win season, and they're never going to go for that. And this team isn't as good as that 2016 team, obviously. I don't yeah. think anyone would, would argue. Mm-hmm. So, I don't love Kerr's chances for, for Coach of the Year. Do you? Yeah, I don't love it. I, I do think that they could sweep. I just don't think they're going to sweep. And if if you have to take one of those big awards away, like we said, staff MVP, Draymond, Defensive Player of the Year, or Kerr Coach of the Year, Kerr losing it is the first one to go up the three, like by a mile. And I think part of the problem with Kerr winning is that the Jazz and the Suns have both stayed so close. Like the over-under for the Warriors going into the season was 48 and a half. So typically coach of the year has to win a lot and they have to win a lot more than what the expectation was. So in Kerr's case, you got to get at least a 60. Well, that's fine. They're on pace for that. But like the, war, the, the, the Suns and Jazz are in that mix too. So I think for him to win, the Warriors need to lap the field. And at net rating right now, right now, they are doing that. But I think you need to see the Suns and the Jazz both fall off a little bit so that like the Warriors won 65 and like the next closest team anywhere in the league is like 56, 57, something like that. Then maybe he's in there. Um, your position on Billy Donovan before the season, I think that one's looking pretty good. So victory a lot for you on that one. Chicago looks like a pretty top three type seed. And they're over-exceeding expectations. That fits the candidate really well that we look for. We talked a little bit, too, about, uh, um, I'm blanking on his name, from the Cavs. Bickerstaff. So with the Cavs improvement from a team that, we we talked about them as a consensus bottom five team in the NBA. And now, you know, at Basketball Reference, they're the favorite to come out of the East right now. Can't say I'd go that far, but the Cavs, they look good. They, They look good in sustainable ways, the defense, the things that they're improving on. So I think, I think there are just too many easy other options and Kerr has already won it. I don't hate him for this award, but he's basically a co-favorite with Monty Williams. I wouldn't bet either one of them right now. We need the over exceeding expectations and we already expected those teams both to be this good. There's no way you're going to get value on it either. By the time yeah. that, that, that they separate out Kerr's number will be such a negative. It's not going to have any, I, I don't think you'll get EV on it until it's you're yeah. land a huge number at the end. Maybe that's that, that's got value, but um, it'd be a pretty tight one. I agree. But before yeah. we go, let's, let's touch on the, the poor New York Knicks. We don't get enough conversation <laughs> in this. Um, the Knicks right now are plus 180 to make the playoffs. They are currently outside of the playoffs in the standings. They are 12th in the NBA. They are three and seven in their last 10. They benched Kemba Walker. That didn't fix any of their problems. They're plus 180 to make the playoffs. Um, Raheem, where are you at on the Knicks? Is this just like a bad team? Or do you think that maybe they're just like in a tight spot and I, I kind of think honestly that their defense after last year it overperformed to such a level. I think they're underperforming to a certain degree right now. When I look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, I just think a lot of these teams are just better than them. And I do think the defense really just doesn't, it doesn't work. I think the, they still haven't figured out which units work well together. Like when I look at that second unit, it's still the best unit on the court. So it's just like a lot of times it feels like they're starting off these games and they're at a deficit. So I don't know. I mean, I think... What's the odds on them making a play-in tournament? Nobody's been willing to put those back up, which is frustrating Ooh, to me. I really need that back up. I need, yeah, I need play-in odds. Um, yeah, I, I kind of need those. Um, 
I mean, when you look at you look at the Nets, you look at the Bucks, you look at the the Bulls, the Heat, the Cavs, the Sixers, they're all locks. So, I mean, you're pretty much asking if they're better than the Wizards, Hornets, Hawks, or Celtics, and I'm not sure that's the case. The minus, them to miss the playoffs is minus two twenty five. That's a sixty nine percent chance. That feels high to me with so much of the season left over. So I don't think there's value there. Brandon, do we have anything that we can bet on Knicks wise? Yeah, I like the no, but not yet. I like the no after that, you know, inevitably they're going to get hot and win a few games and it's the Knicks. And so the numbers are going to be in, in skewing towards, oh, the Knicks are back again, back toward the playoffs. Yeah, looking at them, I was worried about the defense coming into the year. Just looking back at last year, we knew the metrics had a few fishy things about it. But looking at the players, it's like, who are the players that made this the third best defense in the league? I actually ended up, when I did my own awards ballot, not as a voter, just for myself, I had Nerlens Noel as third on my defensive player of the year ballot because he was so good last year and so important to them. Well, look what happened this year. He's missed half the games. Taj Gibson's missed half the games. Those, I think, were two of their, probably their two best defenders last year. They went for offense. They went for Fournier instead of Bullock. That's the defensive downgrade. Kemba Walker for Alfred Payton, as bad as we thought Alfred was, that's a defensive downgrade. I just, I, I don't think that they're, the defense is nowhere near good enough. And the offense got a little better, but not enough better. So yeah, it, looking at the playoffs, I agree with what Raheem said. So teams that are absolutely in, Nets, Bucks, Bulls, teams that are very likely in is Heat, Cavs, Hawks. That's six teams. So we're already into the play-in. Now the Knicks have to probably beat Philadelphia or Boston. Those are two other teams. That's eight. So the Knicks to make the playoffs have to take a spot from one of those eight. And that's not even giving the Pacers, Raptors, Hornets, or Wizards any possibilities too. So I just, I don't like their chances to steal it. I think that there is definitely a better shot of missing the play in entirely than getting above it at this point. If that was a bet available but I don't like their chances of winning playing games and yeah. beating a team in a playoff setting either. Yeah. So I, I'm not feeling great. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Nets, Bucks, Bulls, Heat, Cavs, Hawks, I would put Sixers above them as well. That's that's seven teams right there that they will. But I will say this, like Wizards, Hornets, oh boy, Celtics is tough. Yeah. The Celtics are, the, are like the, the make or break one, right? Because it's just like, if you told me the Celtics and Knicks are playing a play, are, are playing a playing game for the eighth spot, who's winning? I'd be like, oh, it's the Celtics. Celtics are winning that game. Yeah. Right. But yeah. if it's like, if it's Hornets, if it's Hornets, Wizards, Raptors for the, for the eighth spot versus the Knicks, I, I think Knicks are alive there. Yeah. I, 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 I think, I think, I think any matchup against the Hornets is a, pretty much a pick them. You've got two bad defensive teams. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Wizards, it's up in the air with them. So I think that's probably a pick them too. But so, even passing those teams gets them to like the nine and 10 seed. And it still means you got to beat Atlanta or Cleveland or Philly or Boston to get into the playoffs. Like this is not make the play and this is still make the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, like if we put, yeah. if we put Hawks and Sixers in that's seven. So it's really like, it really is honestly a question of, do you think the Knicks can be out the Celtics? And that doesn't, if I say that sentence out loud, the Knicks are going to be out the Celtics for a playoff spot. I can't get there. Yeah. I, right? I can't get there. Yeah. Really. I can't get there. Um, I swear this is the last one before we go. Uh, their seating at DraftKings is 10 and a half. Uh, it's juice to the over, actually. You can get under 10 and a half at plus 105. So it's basically like, do you think that if we look at, the, at this list, 
do you think they'll finish better than the seven we talked about Hornets, Celtics, Raptors? I can't get there either because of the Pacers. I think the Pacers are, are, are this is what's weird with the Indiana is I feel like Indiana is figuring out, but they're having a fire sale. The number is 10 and a half. You said, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's effectively, will they at least make the plan? Play that's the plan. Yeah. tournament. So I, I don't mind that one because of tips. Like, it's not like the Knicks are just going to fold up shop and be like, oh, well, it's not our year. Let's just get out. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah a lot of those other teams are more likely to be like, it's not our year. Let's reconfigure. Yeah. Toronto just did that last year and, and went to the tank. Indiana, or Indiana, we know, is trying to trade some of their guys. Washington's fallen off bad. Teams like, like the Sixers, how do they miss? Well, if Embiid gets a big injury, they could really fall out, like something like that. So yeah. I don't hate the Knicks to actually but make the play in at plus juice. But I just don't think it has enough value. If you get it above two, I like it, right? Yeah. Like I would like that at plus two, but we're only getting it at um, plus 105 here. I don't like that. I don't like the under at plus one Oh five. I, I need a, I, I need a, a nicer number on that. If I get to, if it's 11 and a half, maybe, but I don't like it. <laughs> it's a hard fall for New York. We're hard fall. Tough, tough. Very, season. Sorry, Malik and Joe and, and other Knicks fans. It's, it's a rough one. Bing bong. That's going to wrap it up for buckets for a Tuesday tomorrow. Make sure to tune in at seven o'clock Eastern on our YouTube channel on action network for Wednesday workshop. Me and Raheem, going through the slate, doing best bets. Uh, I went perfect last week. So I'm excited about that. I'm going to piss off Raheem and get him so focused that he like barrels down and picks some absolute <laughs> bangers for Wednesday. <laughs> Check that out uh, for Tuesday night, seven o'clock, breaking down the Wednesday slate. That'll be in your podcast feeds on Wednesday, Friday, little teaser here. Brandon and I are going to break down Steph Curry's remarkable career season, everything. We're just going to do a Steph Curry smorgasbord. Uh, about how wonderful Steph Curry is, talk about some more futures and things, and probably talk about how much we're just looking at, we're going to rail on the books for the three-point prop that they put up in preseason. We're just going to absolutely berate them, no matter how much we get kicked in the teeth by them this season, that one will always have over them. Uh, Make sure to check out the Action Network app. Thanks for joining us. Our thanks to Dan Titus for producing. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get buckets. Buckets.